Welcome to Two Sides to the Story with Ted and Lori. I'm Ted Zaleski. And I'm Lori Herstetter. We have a episode today that we've been kind of kicking around a little bit for a while. Lori's been talking about reading roadblocks, the things that get in the way for people. And that can be different sorts of things. You know, one thing that's been on our minds is people who don't read very much, but kind of think they want to read and just are struggling to get themselves started. Then there's people who are readers. And we've talked about before, we're not sitting here as experts by any means. This is just a conversation about how reading goes. But there are people who read a lot, but maybe sometimes you're thinking, I'm reading all the same stuff over and over again, or I really ought to branch out. I wonder where I should go. So we're going to try and tackle some variations on those two ideas. Now we talk about reading roadblocks. I don't have reading roadblocks. If you ask me, why do I read? It feels like asking me, why do you breathe? I don't, I don't think about it. I just, I just read, but I realize it's not, it's not that way for, for everybody. So, uh, Lori, maybe what, I know we've been talking about this, but what got you started on this idea of reading roadblocks? So I, I think it began in a conversation that I had with a good friend of mine, um, Sharon at work. She was telling me about this event that she was going to attend. I think it was like a Monday evening. And, you know, you said, what are you doing tonight? Um, and just work conversation. And she said, well, I'm going to this, um, this brewery. They're having an event that's basically a book club. And so, of course, I was intrigued. And I asked her, so tell me more about this. And she said that uh, there's a brewery in uh, Hampstead. It's called Pipe the Side. Um, and obviously they, they have drinks, it's a pub, um, but they were hosting this book club event. And I learned in talking with her that they had arranged with the North Carroll branch of the library to provide the books that they would be reading for this book club. And it was, in my mind, a couple of things kind of jumped in there for me is what a great idea um, to combine two things that... Um, you know, apply to Ted and I, uh, books for sure, for both of us, and uh, a brewery for Ted in particular. And I thought, this is this is a great idea. And as Sharon was telling me about it, I thought, you know, from a reader's perspective, it, it was really like visiting a convenience store for books, because you didn't have to think about what you were going to read. Uh, it was already picked for you. And you didn't even have to worry about how to get the book because the library was doing that part for you. So, you know, I just got thinking about, are there people who aren't reading that would be readers because of something like this that just sort of introduced them to some of the, well, one, the idea of reading and here's a fun way to do it. But then the other part was that if, if you're not reading, it removed the obstacles. Um, so if we're calling this reading roadblocks, two obstacles in my mind on this story. One is, um, what do I read? You didn't have to think about that. You know, how do I get started? They've taken care of that for you. And secondly is we're going to provide the book so you don't have to spend the money 
or even coordinate to, to get your hands on it. How are you going to get your hands on it? They've done that that for you. And then I, I'm thinking of a third one as we're talking right now is to make reading fun. So maybe the idea of sitting and reading a book at home alone isn't your idea of a good time, but doing it at a, at a brewery with some other people maybe is. Yeah, take a little turn here for a second before Lori gets back to the reading roadblocks. Uh, we had some fun with this too, even though we weren't at Pipe the Side for this book club. You know, uh, Lori and I continue to be surprised from time to time when we hear that somebody knows about what we're doing. So uh, Sharon was talking about the podcast to some of the people there. And then I believe it was one of the owners walked by and Sharon said something and she said, oh, I'm already following them. You know, we have no idea how she even found out about us, but it was, it was fun finding out that somebody uh, knew us and was listening. Yeah, so, you know, I, I think this conversation can go a couple of different ways and I'm going to approach it um, based on what I know about, about Ted and I and our differences. We're two sides to the story for, for a reason. Um, as Ted said, he has no reading roadblocks. I do. Um, I'm not reading at the level that Ted is reading. I don't read as much. I don't read as often. I don't read as um, interestingly as Ted does. Um, I tend to stay in a certain zone. Um, personal development is one of my favorites. I tend to read for nonfiction more than I do for, for pleasure. And, that, and they're not exclusive and we'll have that conversation for sure. And then I, you know, I've just, I love kids books. And so as a grown up woman, yes, I read children's books. I just like them. So I've got categories of reading and Ted doesn't, he reads all of it and he reads all of it a lot. So I think this is a good place to go with, I'm going to talk about what I think are roadblocks for me and for other people that I um, have in my life that are not big readers and things that they've said about why they don't read. And maybe as, you know, a reading black belt, you can, Ted, give us some some good instruction or ideas, at least, about how to get out of, of, of your own way when it comes to reading. Yeah, you know, going back to what I was saying about reading being like breathing for me, you know, it's not something I've thought a lot about. So I can talk about kind of how it works for me, whether that translates into me offering useful help to other people, we'll, we'll have to see. Yeah, and that's, that's important because not everyone is trying to be like you. Um, you know, there are a lot of Team Ted people out there that we've learned as of late as we've been um, talking about this show, but not everybody wants to be at your reading level and that's okay. There is no right or wrong level. There's nothing wrong with mine. There's nothing wrong with yours, but I think everyone has to figure that out for themselves. So if you are a newbie, um, if you're just getting started, hopefully you'll take something out of this that may help you get going on reading if you want to. You know, uh, Lori said, if you're a newbie or if you're talking with somebody who's a newbie, somebody who, who, who wants to read, I think the first thing that would come to my mind is don't read something that you think you should read. Find something that you want to read. There's plenty of time to get to whatever books you want to eventually. But if you're going to get started or you want to help somebody get, get started, make it fun. 
you know, sometimes I remember when I was a kid, um, we read a lot of comic books. I read other stuff, but I read comic books too. But there was a lot of criticism out in the world about comic books. Is that really reading? You should be reading something good. In my mind, uh, reading a comic book is just as good as reading a book. It's just a, it's just something different. And I actually do remember reading some comics. There was a series that was called um, uh, Classics Illustrated. They took books that you're supposed to read and and turned them into comics. Early early graphic novels, I guess. But make it fun. So I'm. Um I want to mention something here because if you're re if you're listening to this today and you're not a newbie, I don't want you to turn off the show because I think that this could apply what we're going to talk about today to not just new readers, but also long-term readers, well-established readers, because everybody gets into a rut. Um, you know, the part that I'm talking about, yes, I am a reader. You don't need to interest me in reading. I'm already interested. But there are things that have me reading less that maybe would be um, topics for today. And so if you already are a reader and you're listening to the show because you want to get something out of it, I, I still think we're going to talk about some things today that are going to help you as well, because you might be um, tunnel visioned on, on your reading. And this could, this conversation may help inspire you to, to read more or read different. One aspect of tunnel vision, this is a conversation I had with America's librarian, Nancy, Nancy Pearl, uh, even though she was a librarian, she doesn't like the idea of how books are shelved in libraries where you have Westerns in one place and mysteries in another place. Uh, she says we should be tearing down those, those walls because some people get stuck in, well, I read mysteries, I read romance, and don't go to those other places because it's not what they, what they read. So if you're feeling like you need a little bit more variety in what you're reading. Maybe the first step is go walk over to a section that you usually just walk by. So while we're on that topic, tunnel vision is one of the roadblocks that I sort of jotted down as notes for today. So let's talk a little bit more about tunnel vision. So in addition to just I only read this genre, I bet there are people out there who read a particular author. Like, I love Stephen King, and I'm waiting for his next book. And you're, maybe you're not reading until his next book comes out. Similarly, what if you're into a series? I mean, obviously, the one that everyone thinks of the most was the Harry Potter series. If you were a Harry Potter reader, and you really got into it, and were you waiting for book five and not reading much in between, that could definitely be sort of in this category of tunnel vision. Uh, and... I am somebody who waits around, or I shouldn't say waits around. I eagerly await the next book from writers that I like, but I don't stop reading in between. I move on to, to other things and keep checking until that author's next book comes out. So essentially, you're, you're creating your own constraints, you know, that this is your your area, this is what you, you sort of stick with. And we would just encourage you, I know I'm trying to do that myself, of break out of your comfort zone, read something different. And a couple of ways that I think you could do that. Um, 
the internet is amazing. You can do an online search. So you could type in the title of a book that you really enjoyed and then uh, add to it, if you liked, fill in the blank, try this, fill in the blank. And it will um, give you some hits of if you like this book, you'll probably like this one. And the matches aren't always going to be um, what tends to be those tunnel vision types of things. It's not going to give you the same author. It's not going to give you a book in the same series. It's going to recommend something you probably haven't thought of. So it's just one way to work around the, the tunnel vision, I think. Yeah. And you know, Lori's talking about looking on the internet. There are, are so many sites out there now that will recommend books to you, um, including booksellers, but it's not all, all people selling books. You know, they're, um, Goodreads is one that comes comes to mind mm -hmm. that uh, will recommend books for you. But even when you go to books, uh, or go to places where they're trying to sell you a, a book, it still can be useful uh, bringing up book titles that maybe you just wouldn't have run into by yourself. I absolutely would encourage that. I think librarians and booksellers are a great resource for expanding your reading. You can even just give them a bit of a wish list. You know, I'd like to read something that has this, this, and this. Um, I bet there's a book for that. And if anyone's likely to know what those titles are, it's going to be a bookseller or a librarian. Someone whose life is books is going to be able to make those recommendations to you. So don't be afraid to, you know, ask someone who knows because they may come up with a great suggestion for, for something to read. So what's another roadblock, Lori? Well, I think a good one to talk about is probably the first one that inspired this, which is the, um, you know, I don't have the, um, the time, okay? So the reason that people might have been interested in that book club, and that it's really two, it's cost and time. So starting with, I don't have the time to read, or I don't have the time to go get the book. But if somebody puts it in my hands, I'll read it. I've absolutely been influenced by that because of you, Ted, that you will literally put the book in my hand. You'll read something that you've enjoyed. And the next thing I know, it shows up in my office. Um, and so there's a bit of, um, you know, accountability there that if you took the, the time to get a book for me, then I, I feel that I should at least give it a shot. And I don't know that I can give an example of one you've given me that I haven't enjoyed. So it's just present the opportunity and see what happens. And one of those books was uh, Once Upon a Wardrobe by Patty Callahan. We're going to be <laughs> yes. interviewing Patty on January the 26th. Uh, I don't know exactly when the episode will be posted, but should not be too long after that. Absolutely. So um, I don't have the time. Let's talk a little more about that. Yes, if somebody hands you a book, they just saved you the time. If Pipe the Side and the North Carroll Library branch provide the books, that just saved you the time. But what about having the space and, and place to read? I think that's important, um, is how do you fit it into your life? we're all busy. You know, a lot of us have jobs and kids and responsibilities and, and some of us are even making podcasts. So how do you find the time to read? 
And uh, we have an episode that you uh, will see out there if you take a quick look on our on our website, or even if you listen to spy, you know, uh, podcasts on Spotify or or Apple. Um, you can see the episode that is with Annette Danik at Penguin Random House. And Annette is an extremely busy person. Her life is um, very busy. Crazy. Crazy. She does a lot of stuff. Uh, she has a very important position. Um, she's actually getting ready to live across the pond <laughs> because of her position and what she does. But she is also an avid reader, and her average is like four to five books a month. How does she find time? Well, one way that she finds time is by multitasking. She will read, and I mean, again, reading with a book in your hand versus reading um, remotely if you are listening to an audiobook or, or something like that, so that your hands are free to do other things. So Annette will read while she's cooking, while she's cleaning her house, while she's exercising, and while she's driving. So the idea of I don't have time to read, if someone as busy as Annette can fit reading into her lifestyle, then you can too. It's really just a matter of whether it's important to you. Yeah, and you'll hear on the episode with Annette, she says, you make time for what's important. Correct. And it's always a, a bit of a trade-off. There are only 24 hours in a day. You have to choose how you spend them. Um, not suggesting that you sacrifice sleep for <laughs> for reading, but um, someone like Annette probably would. So it's, it's about your level of reading. But if you were to say, all right, I spend, pick a number, a half an hour on social media every day, scrolling on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, would you give up 15 minutes of that to read for 15 minutes? Not if you're looking at our Instagram posts. <laughs> Good point. Choose wisely. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I think it's a it's a good thing to think about is you can make time if you want to. I do have a TED tip here. Oh, good. <laughs> okay, now there's finding time, like I want a block of time to, to, to read, which is can be hard. Um, here, here's an idea on finding little bits of time. I always have a book in my car. Usually I always have a handful of books in my car. But it's not unusual for me to get somewhere five minutes or 10 minutes or 15 minutes before I need to be there. That becomes reading time. I've got that book almost always actually sitting in the passenger seat. And uh, actually, um, I was here this morning for our recording this before I needed to be here. And I read a couple chapters of, of a book. I'm not necessarily suggesting this, but I have actually red sometimes while sitting at a red light. The problem there is you <laughs> oh, have no. to remember to look up <laughs> and not forget that you're sitting in a road. We might edit that out of the show. I'm not sure we want to be recommending people to <laughs> read at the red lights. <laughs> that won't be a blog post anytime soon. I'm, I'm yanking that one. <laughs> okay, so what else? What other reasons of why you're not reading? I, I think I said something a few minutes ago and then went on to the time element. But um, place and space, okay? So I think this is important, is Ted can read anywhere. In his car, at a red light, no, no. But anyways, he'll find a place to read. Um, 
And you can read happily just about anywhere. Your favorite place you have said is at a pub with a beer and a book. But you will read pretty much anywhere you have an opportunity. Um, for those of us who are not black belts in reading like you, I think you it may be helpful for some people. And one of the roadblocks to reading might be that they don't have a space to do that. So if you're at home and you've got responsibilities and distractions, it might get in your way of reading. In fact, it probably does. So what can you do? Where can you go to have a, um, an environment that's conducive to reading? I will tell you one for me. The library is a great place to read. It's intended for reading and there's no shortage of books available. So if I'm home, I get distracted by, oh, I've got laundry to do, or my son needs something from me. There's um, a dishwasher that needs unloading, a meal that needs to be cooked. You get the idea. Um, leave the house. Leave the house and go to a place that's conducive to reading, and that is a relaxed space for you to do that, that you can step away from your responsibilities. Not so much this time of year. Uh, it's pretty cold outside, where we are at least. But for some of the year, I have a hammock underneath a big maple tree. And that can be a good spot for, for me. You know, it's not leaving the house, but it's leaving the house in a, in a sense. And uh, it can be a nice, nice spot to relax and read for a while. So I say leave your house, and you're finding a way to do that at home. Um, so that's another idea, and I've seen this done um, actually scrolling Instagram. Uh, there are uh, folks who have either dedicated a space in their home to reading, or they've converted a space in their home to reading. So do you have a, a library? Not, I would think not a whole lot of people do have a space in your home that is dedicated to it. But can you? Can you create one? That would sort of be fun. Um, you know, a little closet that uh, you could put in a little built-in shelf and a bookcase above and a, a comfortable chair just to just enough of a space. And, you know, you probably have to conversation, have a conversation with your people at home. <laughs> My time when I'm here, <laughs> the close sign is on the door. <laughs> Do not disturb. You get the idea. So um, maybe you don't have to leave the house, but having a, a space where you can do it, whether it's the hammock or if it's a little library at your home or a closet that you convert, that maybe you can find a way to uh, create a space so that you can read when you want. You know, you just reminded me of two things as you were talking. One, when I was a kid, my one grandparent's house, uh, there was stairs to the upstairs there was a, a, a door at the bottom of the steps so when when you went in you were kind of closing yourself off from the rest of the house but then at the top of the steps there was a little hallway to a couple bedrooms and the, the wall at the top was was bookshelves and i used to go up there and i would lay down <laughs> right next to the bookshelf and and uh and read and it's one of those things where, um, okay, uh, I'm Ted now, but I was Teddy then. I'd hear, where's Teddy? Haven't seen him for a while. That's because I'm sitting up there or laying up there reading. And the spot that I've always wanted, I've never had it, but it always appealed to me. 
might have seen houses sometimes where they had real deep windows and you actually have a window seat built all uh, right next to the window. Mm -hmm. I always thought that that would be a, 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 a nice spot. Fun to think about, uh, you know, wouldn't it be cool if uh, I would love to hear from a listener of your space that you use for reading, especially if listening to our show inspires you to create such a space. So um, anyone listening who has great ideas for solutions to any of these reading roadblocks that we've been talking about so far, we'd love to hear from you. So please send us an email. Um, another reading roadblock, and this came up with the example that I shared with you about our, my friend Sharon in this book club, was about the cost of reading. And, and for some people, that's just not a factor. Either they can afford it easily and it's not a big deal, or they don't think of money spent on books as anything other than a wonderful investment. So you make time for reading and you think about its importance about whether you want to spend money on it. So whichever camp you happen to be in for that is that you really don't have to invest a significant amount of money in order to be a, a reader. So this um, book club was an example of that. Uh, anytime, whether it's through a book club or just borrowing from the library, is a wonderful way to have books and have there not be an investment of, of money. Now, I would definitely recommend that if you find a book you love at the library, you're trying it on for size, go buy it. After you've fallen in love with it, you're going to want it again. Um, a, a great example for me of that is, is Big Magic. It was a library borrow, and it is on my bookshelf. Uh, it will always be on my bookshelf. Um, I'm sure in another episode, we'll talk more about building your ideal bookshelf. Uh, that book is one for me. So um, anyway, invest in the books that you want to have to keep. Uh, but there are opportunities to borrow books if you're not ready to do that. And then another thought is about um, just inexpensive options for books. So lots of bookstores have not just new, but also used books. So that can be another wonderful way to get books for a discounted price. I mean, we're literally talking a couple of dollars sometimes um, for a book that's been read by someone else before. Um, and I, I think that's another opportunity to, uh, to have it not have cost be an obstacle. A couple months ago, I went to the Harrisburg Book Festival. Um, downtown, uh, they had a few performing things set up, but the main thing was a, a big tent, and they said they had 20,000 books. And these books were all for sale for one, two, or three dollars. And they had almost anything, I mean, no way to know if they have the book you want, but they had all kind of different books. There were things to appeal for anybody. Um, I'm more careful about how many books I bring home now, so I didn't buy a lot of books there. But uh, there were people who were uh, actually buying bags. I think it was a $20 for a bag. And the, the one, two, and $3 didn't even apply. You could put as many books in a bag as, as you could fit. And they were the people at the checkout were even helping people figure out 
how to get more into their bag. The library even does something similar. I have certainly purchased um, a fair amount of books at those book sales. So they're no longer in optimal condition to be on the library shelves, but they'll do a book sale right there in the in the branch. And it's the same concept. I think whatever the cost is, it's a couple of dollars to fill a bag. Um, you can just buy a single one if you want, but it's just a great way to go in and, and uh, expand um, your collection. And especially if you think of it in terms of, you know, what do you want to spend your money on? You're probably more likely to expand the type of reading that you're doing if you can get in for not much of a commitment. So you might grab a book off of the shelf that you would have paid $20 new for, but you'll spend $2 on it. And it may end up being a book that you really love. You just wouldn't have given it a chance otherwise. You know, that might be a Topic for another time, Lori, um, taking chances on books. Yes. I don't do it as much now as I, as I once did. Mm -hmm. I, <laughs> excuse me. I tend to know going in for some reason that I, uh, that I want a book. But uh, I read some really good stuff where I, I had nothing more than I saw it. I picked it up, said, oh, this looks interesting, and took it home with me. So that reminds me of something else, and this is not about books, but I'm going to make the connection, is um, ladies and maybe some gentlemen who like to shop, um, is that I will go into a local store looking for a new top and uh, go into the fitting room with entirely too many tops. I'm just trying to get one, but sometimes it takes a while to find the right one, and you don't know until you try it on. So uh, I can tell you I've shopped the rack and gone in the fitting room with some things that I think I'll like. And once in a while, I'll be like, what the heck? And grab one that I really don't think is going to work for me. But you just don't know until you try it on. So I have, from time to time, ended up that's the one I buy. So uh, I will say that that might be an approach for reading. Don't be afraid to try it on. Read a few pages, take it home, especially when it's a, a small investment, and uh, it might be, it might surprise you. It might be one you really like. Yeah, read a few pages. Another topic for oh yes, time. <laughs> finishing books or not finishing books, but won't get distracted right now. <laughs> we get off track a lot, but it's all right. Okay, so back on cost um, for for another minute or two, I guess, um, and then we'll dig into the rest of them here. Is uh, where other ways that you can get books for very little is uh, we've talked before about the little free libraries. So obviously that's a great way to get a book. Um, I would encourage you if you're going to do that to do a book swap situation. It's sort of like, you know, take a penny, give a penny. Um, if you have read something that you're done with and you can go trade, uh, whether it's at a little free library or if it's with a friend, that's a great way to get more for um, for what you put into it is share the books and trade the books. I did read a book from a little free library that I almost certainly would not have read for any other reason. And I, it was sitting there and I saw it and took it home. Did you like it? Yes. Okay. Maybe we'll write something about that at some point. Um, and then one last thing on cost is about downloads. So a book in hand is what we've been focusing the most on here. But there are lots of opportunities to get um, to free to get free books, downloading books, or for a very inexpensive um, 
investment, you know, for not much at all, that you can read books because if you didn't have the printing costs or whatever to go along with it. So downloading books, whether it's for a small amount or for no amount at all, is something to look into online. Yeah, um, I have no experience there. I, I'm aware of that world, <laughs> but I'm, I'm still deep into the, I want a book in my hand. Yeah. Again, that's a type of reader and then maybe that's a area to explore. I think it was at our, our live premiere that was it, I believe it might've been Debbie from A Likely Story came up and asked the question of what about audiobooks? Yes, because I think that's a, a topic idea for a show I'd like to try is when the author is the narrator of the audiobook. And we actually had this discussion a little bit offline, I think, with Annette during the Penguin Random House interview of obviously um, Annette being in the book business on the publisher side, she has met quite a few authors and was talking about a couple that um, narrated their own audiobook. So just a, a whole topic area there. So you might have to do an audiobook at some time, Ted, just to say you did it. <laughs> I don't know if we can really give you your black belt without it. You've got to expand your horizons. <laughs> no, I, I have listened to a few as card books. Okay. It's been a while, though. There we go. Um, all right. So another area is uh, inspired by someone here at Exploration Commons. Um, and I don't know if we talked about that, but we are here today recording. This is where we generally do record. They have an event going on. It's their one-year anniversary. So happy anniversary to Exploration Commons at 50 East. And uh, there's a showcase today of the things that people have made in this space over the last year. It's not just a recording studio um, that we use for us. It is a uh, maker space. And there's all sorts of things that happen here. A commercial kitchen, 3D image printers, fabricating machines. You can even put on the headset and do virtual gaming. Um, there's meeting spaces as well. So uh, definitely encourage you to check out that space if you, if you are local. So one of their staff members helps us with the podcast on a regular basis. Um, his name is Joe. And he's taking classes. He's in college and was talking about that he's not reading um, for pleasure and that he doesn't really enjoy reading much because it's required. What he's reading, what he has time to read are things that he's been told to read. He's not choosing them, they're being chosen for him because of the classes that he's taking. So thoughts on required reading, Ted, because you're one who um, picks books for people to read as part of your other job, <laughs> teaching at a college. Yeah, being required to read does change things. And even as much as I like to read, I can remember it getting in the way for me. Um, I was in high school. We had to read To Kill a Mockingbird. I remember writing the paper on it. It was definitely, okay, I've got to do this. Now, I've read To Kill a Mockingbird multiple times since then, my own, my own choice. And same book, same words, uh, but some, somehow it, it seems different. And I don't, know, I don't know what the answer for that is other than to say if it's required, you, know, you have, have to deal with it, but doesn't mean maybe you can't slip in a little bit of room for something else that you just want to read for fun. 
Now, I think another option there would be, if, if this was me, because I've certainly had required reading as well, is how do you um, motivate yourself to get through it? Um, I think it's okay to reward yourself <laughs> by, uh, hopefully it's another book that you want to read in at the end of it, but have something out there as your reward for completing the required reading. So when I get through this book, this class, I'm gonna treat myself to X. You decide what X is, but use that to motivate you to get through it. No, that's funny. As I'm listening to Lori talk about that, you know, just another piece of me looking at myself and, and reading. You know, even when I'm tired and it becomes a bit of a burden, uh, yes, I, it's still reading to me, and I still get some something out of it. I remember at a college course, I had to read a an old Indian Indian in the Asia sense book. Hopefully, I'll pronounce this right. The Bhagavad Gita. It's not a book that I would have picked up by myself. I don't think. But I probably read this book. It's a short book, so this isn't as heroic as it sounds. But I probably read it about 20 times because it wasn't easy to understand at first. It took a long time to get, get through it. So it was a pain that I had to do it. But I don't think I would have read it 20 times if I wasn't getting something more out of it than just meeting my requirement. Absolutely. I don't know many people who read a book that many times. That might be another topic for another day is to, to dig into that, the repeat reading, how many of those you do and, and why. So I think with that required reading, another thing, just another, you know, trick yourself into getting through it is tell yourself, I'm going to find something in this that I like. I'm doing it because I have to, but I'm going to find something in here to, to take away. So what, what is your takeaway? Make that sort of an assignment to yourself aside from the assignment that's been given to you by somebody else is one quote, one idea. Um, I like to call it nuggets. What, what nugget did I get from this? It's got to be worth my time for some reason. There's got to be something of value that I got out of it besides just the, the have to part. So uh, maybe read it with that in mind, not the just, oh, 300 pages that I really don't want, but find something in there that is a takeaway that you're going to um, look back and be at least somewhat glad that it happened. So, any more roadblocks, Lori? Uh, I think we have covered the main list, but my guess is someone out there listening has something that we haven't thought of. So by all means, if, if you think of something that is getting in the way of your reading, or you want advice or suggestions on, on how to get going as a newbie, or as uh, someone who's a reader in a rut, uh, we would encourage you to send us an email. Um, that is a good way to, to interact with us uh, and, and tell us what those things are. And maybe by our ideas or the community of people um, that we're talking to because of what we're doing here, there might be something um, that can be a possible solution for you. Or if you have an idea for somebody else. Absolutely. If you have something that you're doing that you think might help others, uh, we hope you'll share so that we can share it with the audience.
Thank you for joining us. We're recording here at Exploration Commons. Uh, as Lori said, we'd like to hear from you. You can email us at two sides to the story at yahoo.com. The second two is a numeral. We hope you'll follow us on Instagram and Facebook. You can find the podcast on our website, but also on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Hope we stay, you stay tuned for upcoming episodes, including Patty Callahan at the end of January with um, Beyond the Wardrobe. Enjoy your reading. <laughs>